untreatable health and wealth, with its poverty or wealth, with its sickness or health, your name is above every other name. And we place you above those issues. We place you above those circumstances and situations in our lives. And irrespective of what phase or place we find ourselves in, You remain first. You remain number one in our lives. And may your name always be the first name that we call on. Whether it's the valley of our lives or the mountaintops in our lives. We stand in awe of your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Thank you for your word that you've given us. That we may understand your character and your nature and how you work with your people. I pray that you would allow your word to come alive in our hearts, in our understanding. That we would live lives based on the way that you would have us live it. Lives that are built on relationship with you. That desire to please you because we love you above everything, everything else in life. I pray that you would eradicate false understanding and thinking in our heart when it comes to certain issues in life, Lord. That we would be, we would base our life on your principles. We would base our lives on your word. We would base our lives on truth. And not popular theology. We would not base our lives on man-made philosophies. That we would not even base our lives on what is convenient to us or even pleasing to us. But we base our lives on what you say, for what you say is truth. And your truth is what sets, sets us free. And we want to live in freedom. And we want to live a life that brings glory and honor to your name. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and work and move among us even right now. I thank you that you're going to break strongholds in people's lives. I pray that you're going to set people free this morning. pray that you're going to heal people this morning. That you're going to break the chains and the shackles that are holding us back in our relationship with you, Lord Jesus. That we will all live here 100% for you. We pray this in your precious, awesome and wondrous name. Amen and amen. Two weeks ago, I shared on Jesus has power over all things and he's Lord over all. And I think a lot of us were there. And I hope that you, you understand and believe that Jesus truly has power over all things. And he's rule over all things. That's why we had a look through the book of uh, the Gospel of John. And we saw how he, he walked on water, showing that he has power over nature, etc., etc. And changed water into wine. He's, uh, he has power over all of, of the elements of, of this world, etc. And he carried, we carried on. So you're welcome to listen to that on YouTube if you want. Then I shared on healing is for a believing generation. And the problem is we live in a very unbelieving generation today. And I, I believe honestly that is why we see so few healings today. I, I, I believe that we would see a lot more of the miraculous supernatural if there was more, uh, there was a platform of receptiveness and belief in God. I mean total belief in Him. 
And today I'm going to share on healing is something God wants for us. Do you believe that God wants healing for you? In every area and aspect of your life. Because he'll meet us at our point of expectation. I've seen as a parent, when my children have an expectation of this as a gift, I don't want to give it, or I do want to give it. What do you as parents want to do? Why? Because you want to meet them at their point of expectation. You want to bless them. And you know what? That is how Father God is. But do you believe it? Do you think that we can live a life without trouble, church? No. no. Okay, and the rest of you? No. Is that a unanimous no? Good, at least, at least we've got that right. Obviously, most certainly not. Why? Because every single one of us here have experienced trouble, probably except the little one uh, back there. But even that little one probably experienced trouble when it came out the womb, isn't it? I think uh, we need to realize that the, the goal of the gospel is not about health and wealth and prosperity and you know, all of these kind of things that are so often preached. But it's more about having connection with God, having relationship with God. That is his prime reason. And so often we think that it's all about m- me living comfortably and wealthy and healthy. And uh, 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 uh. If that's your belief system, switch off the TV and read your Bible. Switch off TV in and read your Bible. John 16.31 says, I've told you these things, please note it's Jesus speaking, so that I- in me you have peace. In Him, in Christ Jesus, you have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. And we all agree with that. Okay? Finished and claw, you're going to have trouble. And trouble could be, I mean, that, that word is this broad in that definition. Very broad, okay? But take heart, I have overcome the world. Our peace needs to be in Him. Will you have trouble? Yes. Whatever that trouble is that you might be in, that is not the issue. The issue is that you're in peace in the trouble. And you can only have true peace when you are in Him. Philippians 4 verse 5 to 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Call out to Him. In your, in, in your situation of anxiety, of trouble, call out to Him. Don't call out to your ingenuity and your money and your your ability and your skill and your knowledge and your pastor and your wife. Come on, guys. Even I fall short in that regard. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It will guard your heart from thinking, but what is going on? Why, God? Why? It will guard your heart from becoming doubtful of Him. Once a little child said this prayer, Dear God, please take care of my daddy and my mommy and my sister and my brother and my doggy and me. Oh yes, and please take care of yourself, God, because if anything happens to you, we're going to be in deep, big trouble. <laughs> Do you believe that? Do you ever pray that? No. I believe it, but I don't pray it. Normally we say what we believe, isn't it? Sure. Lord, help us in our lack of faith. Eh? 
I found it quite astounding and, and sad, but I've also come to realize in a sense it's almost life, that bad things do happen to good people. And I've also found that sometimes good things or seem to only good things happen to bad people. And this dichotomy, I look at this and I think, but how come? And you know, you see these detective stories and TV and and they figure it out. And I think there's many things in life we are just not going to figure out. I'm sorry to give you that news. There are some things I cannot explain to you. I cannot reason it out. I don't know. But I know God knows. And I know if I don't understand or can grasp it here, which in many cases I cannot. I know when I get up there I'll understand all things. And until then, that's fine. I remain in peace here because I'm in Him. But are we willing to get to the point, no matter what, I'm in peace in you. Paul said, whether it's life or death, no matter what happens to me, you first. That is, that is real maturity, church. And I, I pray that I get to that and pray that all of you too get to that. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we may comfort those in trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Now we need to understand that sometimes he'll comfort you, but he will not take away the trouble. Hello? Sometimes we have trouble and you say, Lord, take this cup from me. I do not want this. And he just doesn't. Why? Is there perhaps he's trying to teach us something through this? Is there something that he's maybe wanting to develop within us? Do we count it pure joy when we face trials and tribulation and hardship or trouble, whatever you want to call it, of many kinds, because it produces in us perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, etc., etc. Are we that mature? Or would you gripe and moan or try and get out of it as opposed to learn the lesson that he wants? Because then sometimes he removes it, other times he doesn't. But will we allow him the prerogative to be God? Will we allow him to be God, even in that situation? We're going to read from James 5, 13 to 16, which to me is most, one of the most profound, impactful, concise passages of Scripture on how to live, how to deal with issues in our lives, in trouble, in sickness, in good times, bad times, etc., would you read with me? I'm going to read uh, from verse 13 to 16. Is anyone in trouble? Question mark. Is anyone here in trouble? You in trouble? Is anyone in trouble financially? Hello? Is anyone in trouble sexually? Is anyone in trouble at work? You're always in trouble with your wife. God's going to give you the answer to his word how to deal with that, Roger. (laughs) You know what it says that you must do? He should pray. (laughs) Who of you are in trouble? What What should you do? The word of God says pray. Carrie John says, Is anyone happy? Are any of you happy here? What should you do if you're happy? 
Let us pray. It says they sing songs of joy. Sing songs of praise. Is any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. And then it says, and the prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. I want us to have a look at this profound, impactful passage of Scripture. And I'm telling you, if you really look at it, you're going to see much of it I do not do. Forgive me, Lord. I even say that to myself, so no heavy on any of us. It's just we, we need to start doing things God's way and not our way. Will Rogers, not Roger Stone, said the following, The trouble with our prayers is, we just, do, we just do it as a means of last resort. And that is so true. So often when we're in trouble, what is the thing we do? No, you lie, man. You lie. Many of you don't. You do praise God. You do praise. What do the rest of you do? WhatsApp everyone. He has an honest person. You WhatsApp everyone, you? No, no, not me. Okay, okay. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, those WhatsApp fly, isn't it? Then they perform groups and oh, then you have to delete. Please, please, please. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I get a lot of that. Now just, oh, sorry. Eventually you have to delete. Please forgive me. I don't feel to be, don't mean to be rude, but there's too many. That often happens, isn't it? We run to everyone else and we share the tragedy or the trouble or the issue. And then I think when things start to dwindle and nothing, then we say, you know, maybe I must turn to God. Come on. What else do people do? They run to their bank balance, they run to their mommy or daddy. They run to their friends, to their spouses, their kids. What does it say? We to pray when we are in trouble, when we are in success, when things are happy and everything's going hunky dory in our lives. We to pray when we're sick and when we are in sin. So let's have a look at these. Because I believe that God can do immeasurably more than what we can dream or imagine on condition we run to Him. Hello? That's what His Word says. Go read in Ephesians uh, 3.20. EFB Mayer said, The greatest tragedy is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. So, point one. Pray when you're in trouble. Don't form a WhatsApp group. Stop it. Don't run to me. Run to God. Yes, you're welcome to come and see me. But please don't do it until you've first spoken to God. Okay? That's all I'm trying to get at. Um, please, I'm not, don't make it, oh, you know, you can't go. See, that's not what I'm saying. You, you, you can go to your loved one. You can do that. 
But if you're not first going to God, I think we've missed it. James 5 verse 13 says, Is anyone in trouble? He should pray. It does not say go to anyone else. He said, pray, talk to God about it. He is the ultimate individual that's going to give you the answer. He's going to help you walk through it. He's going to solve it for you if he's going to solve it. He's going to teach you what he wants to teach you if he's going to teach you if you're open. The answer is not in the trouble, but where you go with your trouble. I believe that with all my heart. It's where you go that counts. Psalms 34 verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from my fear. He delivered me from my trouble. He delivered me from my hardships. He de- Come on. Say, you, can, you can also write that. I'm not saying change that scripture, but you can write a poem to God, and He does. He does deliver us. 1 Peter 4 verse 12 to 16 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at my painful trial, your suffering as though something strange were happening to me. Don't be surprised by it. Okay? But please note, this is in time of persecution. Uh, but rejoice that you participate in the suffering of Christ, that you may o- that you may be overjoyed when His glory is re- revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. Wow! For the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be because of murder or because of sin or wrongdoing or any of those things, or for theft or for any other kind of criminal deed that you've been involved in, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear His name, that you bear that name, that name which is above every name, because you're sitting in a privileged position. And that, is, that brings peace. That should bring you ultimate peace. So, I want to, in, I want to tell you and hopefully all of us have realized some trouble God will not remove. Did he remove the cup from Jesus? Why? It was not his will. Okay? Did he remove the thorn in Paul's flesh? No. Why? God has, has a means of maybe keeping you humble or keeping you totally dependent on him. Whatever the ca- case may be. I don't know. We all go through different journeys and walks of life. But there are certain troubles he will deliver us from. There are others he won't. Because he wants to teach us something and develop uh, something in us and keep us totally dependent on him. Finished in clock. And then the reason for that is because he's God. And the issue there is not the trouble who we go to in our trouble. And I want to encourage you, when you're in trouble, or if you're in trouble now, pray. Pray. Talk to God about it. Talk to Him before you talk to the rest of the earth about it. Number two. Pray when you are happy. Pray when you are successful. Here, here it actually talks, uh, the words it says there is, let him sing songs of praise. Well, I know many people, not many, but some people cannot uh, sing. They cannot even keep a tone. So I'm sure those individuals here and we won't point out names here. Those of you that can't keep a tone, a tone I don't think, or maybe I'm incorrect, many of those people sing. 
If you're not a singer, that's okay. You can praise God in poems, in talking. Oh my Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You can talk to him. <laughs> Some of them, yeah, we definitely, the bottom line is, I believe that when we are praising God, what is that other than talking to Him, worshipping Him? That is, that is prayer. It's just a different form of prayer. So when things are going well, when you're happy, when you're successful, do you think, wow, you know, man, I did it this time. <laughs> or do you say, wow, Lord, thank you so much. You're great. I give glory to your name. We t- uh, I took my one son to an audiologist this, this week. I don't know what it's Tuesday or something. And I took him in and then suddenly all the little boys came in behind. So there were four, five of us there. I said, none of you like to talk on him. So she speaks with him and afterwards it was so beautiful because she said, wow, she said, you, she said such a beautiful atmosphere among you boy, the boys and they, they really love each other and they're very protective of one another. And I looked at her and I said, how do you pick those things up? She, didn't be, she was very perceptive. I said, no, you're, you're right. They're very protective of one. And, and she told me and that. And I thought, afterwards I went and I told Anch and I said, yeah, we are so blessed. I thank the Lord. I turned it. Everything in that hap- good happens in our lives. We are to turn that to the glory of God. Not to think, just, I'm just such a good parent. You are only a good parent by the grace of God. Otherwise we become arrogant. We are to thank God. When you land that job, man, and you thought, shh, now I'm, I'm so great. No, you're not so great. God is great. It's His grace and His mercy on your life. Do you always, in, when anything good happens, do you say, Lord, thank you? And that's how we're to be. When, even when we are happy, even in the good times, pray. Thank you, Lord. You are my provider. When you came up this, this, this morning, as, as, was it part of your worship? Thank you, Lord, for the way you provide for me. Or do we do it to be seen? Or do we do it to, well, just to appease our conscience? You see, the beautiful thing is that God always sees the motive of our hearts. And I want to encourage you. When you are happy, Pray. When you're sad, pray. When you're in trouble, pray. When you're in suffering, pray. When you're in hardship, pray. Let's run to Him. Psalms 84 verse 5 to, uh, 4 to 5 says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you, Selah. Those that are in His house, continuously praise Him. Those who are seldom in His house, seldom praise Him. What does Shela mean? Do you know? Sorry? Chayla. <laughs> it's a point of rest, okay? And what does it mean? The rest of you, what do you think Shela means? When you read that in the Psalms, you, see it, you only see it in Psalms and Habakkuk, nowhere else. What, what does it mean? Pause, yes. 100%, yes. Pause and reflect what has just been said. And then praise God what you've learned from that. What is revealed to you. Meditate on what has just been said and praise Him for it. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts 
on pilgrim. Ha. Praise him for that, eh? Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to, 16, yeah? to 18. Do you do that? Are you joyful always? Do you pray continually? Do you give thanks no matter what? Point three. Pray when we are sick, when you're exhausted, when you're depressed, when you feel I can't anymore, when you're in pain or in agony. Do you pray? Or do you run to the doctor? Sorry, doctors. Who do you run to first? This is a very interesting passage of Scripture I find, and we're going to go through it a bit. Listen very carefully. I'm going to read it again. Verse 14. Is any of you sick? Any of you here sick? Anyone? Listen carefully what it says. He should get the pastor. No, sorry. The pastor should run to him and pray for him. Is that what it says? He should call the elders. The sick person should come to the church and say, I need you to pray for me. And please note he's speaking to Christians here, okay? Not to unbelievers. I believe most of the time healing was for the believer to be converted as a sign so that they can see the testimony that truly Jesus is the Messiah. But here he's talking to Christians and says, Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Now, sometimes sickness is because of a sin. And we had a look at that yesterday for those of you that might not agree on that one. If you drink, uh, if the Bible says, if you take the, the, the cup, communion, if you partake in an unworthy manner, some of, some of them got sick and some even fell asleep. Okay? So that is discipline from God. So we need to understand some sicknesses of, and if you don't understand that, go and listen to last week's sermon. Okay, The audio will be on the, I don't know if the YouTube video is on there. Um, but the bottom line is that if you are sick, the biblical way of doing things is that we as the sick person need to go to the elders. Interesting, hey? How often do you see that happening? Very seldom do you see the sick person coming to the elders and say, please pray over me. Why is it that it says that the sick person must call the elders? Why? Have you thought about what's the reason? They've got to have faith? Okay. Yes, that's true. Sorry? Okay, that's also a point. They won't know. What else? Come on, come, 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 come. Okay, there's an action that will get, get a reaction. Yes, okay, what else? You need to have faith. So often, not always, the individual that is sick had to take a step of faith. And the minute you call the elders, you're basically taking a step of faith and saying, I believe in the word of God and I believe that Jesus is the healer. And you're taking a step of faith and you're saying, Elders, please come and pray for me. I want to be healed in this regard. And I believe that God can heal me. Secondly, why do you think, call the elders? 
What are, who are the elders? They represent the church, isn't it? Okay? And they should be, have a connection with God. They should be in love with God and trust God and have faith in God completely. Okay? So you call upon the elders, and then it says you should do what? The elders should anoint that, the sick person with oil. Now, what kind of oil is it? I don't think that's the issue. It was probably olive oil in that day, in, the, the, in that history. Is it, of, is it of relevance what type of oil? No, I don't think that's the point. Not at all. What is the point? Why oil? What did it symbolize? Sorry? What does oil symbolize? The anointing, yes, that breaks the yoke. What else? Ho the Holy Spirit. Represents healing and wellness. And I think it's more to do with that. Not to do with the type of oil. And then it says, And then pray for the sick person. And they shall be made well. Whose name do you pray in? In Jesus' name. So it is not the elders. It is not the oil. It is not the prayer. It is Jesus that heals. Hello. And so often many of us think, but I don't, I don't pray eloquently and I, I don't know how to put... That's not the issue, church. The issue is that we call out to Him. And He is able to do immeasurably more than we can dream or ask or imagine. So, when you are sick, what should you do? Put it on WhatsApp. If you are sick, what should you do? Bitch and moan and gripe and why it's happening to me. What should you do? Pray. Get the elders to come and pray for you. That is the biblical mandate. That is the biblical way of doing things. Interesting, eh? And lastly, pray when you are in sin. Let's read it again, verse 16. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that, you, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. But God doesn't inflict sickness on us. You are deceived if you believe that. There are sometimes He does. He did that to the Egyptians. Hello? God did that. He inflicted them with diseases. Go and look in the Old Testament. There are many times. But he is the one that can also heal it. Can Satan also inflict sickness and disease? Yes, he can. He, what about Job? God allowed Satan to, to torment him the way he did. But ultimately, Jesus has all authority. And God healed him. And he restored him to way beyond what he had. Way, way, way beyond what he had. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. How often do you see that in the church? I see that very seldom. I, must, I was shocked. I've had it twice in the last week. Someone come to me. Different people. Yet you very seldom see that in the church today. But the minute you do, you... Why, do you, why, does, why does God say that? I believe the minute you do that, Satan no longer has a foothold in your life in that regard. Because you brought it in the life.
However, do not think because you bring it in the light, Satan doesn't have a foothold, you can just do as you please. Satan can and will still tempt you. He's the tempter. He roars, he's, he's like a roaring lion, seeing how he can destroy your life. You still need to be on your guard. You still need to, st- you still need to be, flee from temptation. You still need to, etc., etc. You need to, you need to personally say, I cut this off in my life. It is still remains your choice. Are you going to walk in purity and holiness and godliness, or are you going to sin? Okay? So do not think just because you bring it once into the open, it's disappeared. That's not the case. If you have taken communion in an unworthy manner, and you have been inflicted by God with some sickness or disease or illness, you go to God and ask Him to set you free from that. But confess it to someone else and say, come pray with me. I was doing this. I was living in sin in this area of my life. And this has happened to me. And I, it might be the infliction of God upon me. I want to repent before you as a witness. And I want to ask God to heal me. And then He can heal you. And I believe until then, you will stay the way you are. Psalms 32 verse 3 to 5 says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Selah. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And if we're going to dabble in sin, it is going to waste us away. Our bones, it will sap our energy. And I think all of us know what we're talking about. Not one of us here stands without sin. That we've had to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. And the minute we do that and we come to Him, say, Lord, set me free. Go to a friend say, pray with me, I need to be set free. That times of healing can come in my life. He can bring a change just like that. But if we choose to carry on our own way, doing our own thing, you can get every Tom, Dick and Harry on this planet to pray for you. I can guarantee you there will be no change. Why? Because God is true to His word every time. Psalms 32, uh, 34 verse 6 says, The poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his trouble. And may God save you from your trouble, from your hardship, from your suffering, from your sickness. But there are certain sicknesses that need confession that healing comes. And I can pray and the elders can pray till they are blue in the face. Unless there's a turning around, there will be no healing. Period. Hard word. But the question is, are we going to run to God? Are we going to run to God in our trouble? Are we going to run to God in our happy times? Are we going to, when we are sick, run to the elders and say, come, let's run to God. Because He's the one that can heal me.
I need you to come in agreement with me and pray. And then lastly, if you are in sin, we need to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. I did not know the folly of my ways. And even if I did, I repent before you. And I ask you to be gracious and to heal me. Whether you inflicted this or that on me or not, heal me, I pray. Whether it be emotional, physical, whatever the case may be. We pray this in your precious, awesome and wondrous name. Amen and amen. Yes. Yes. Let me explain to you. Do you when, when, I, when I give my life to the Lord, there's complete healing, spiritually, I believe, okay? Please note I said spiritually. Because I'm in right standing with Him. His blood washes away my sin. Blood had to be shed for the remission of sin, not for healing. Never, you're not going to show me that in Scripture. Okay? We, we dealt with that last week. So the minute I say, Lord, and I repent, His blood washes me and I stand before Him righteous. Okay? Not because of my own good works, but because of His, His, His finished work on the cross. So I stand righteous and holy. So I'm pure before Him. Okay? Now I devil in sin. Okay? Which I shouldn't be doing. Why? Because I'm sanctified. So I devil in sin and he says, ha, 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 ha. Stop this. Sorry, Lord. Come back. Devil in sin. And eventually, I get so accustomed to it, eventually I don't say sorry anymore. Hello? Do you know some Christian like that? You? Yes, you do. Okay? And eventually God says, enough is enough. And they carry on and they come and they partake of communion in an unworthy manner. The Bible says it's in an unworthy manner. And the, then it says they were inflicted with sickness and disease. Why? Because they partook in an unworthy manner. You tell me if that's the discipline of God or not. Is that? Yes, it is. That is the discipline of God. You must not think a parent that does not discipline their children. The Bible talks about you being an illegitimate child. I'm not an illegitimate child in the house of God. Therefore, he has the right to discipline me. However he sees fit. My four sons, the state does not have the right to discipline my child. I, I gave birth to those children. I have the right before God to discipline them. And I will give them a spank. In love, not in abuse, in love. And the problem is the world is saying that's abuse and all of this. And, and people are submitting to the popular theologies of this world today instead of Scripture. I have a right to do that. And why? Because I love them. And God has a right to discipline you and I, church. He, he does it because there are times He did that even to His people. Go and read the Old Testament. He inflicted them with... And the minute they said, Lord, and they came back to Him and said, Please forgive us. We are sorry. He healed them. The Old Testament is a shadow of the New. And, and you cannot throw that away. He does that, he does that as a shadow to teach us and to show us. You see, the problem is we don't read Scripture. 
we don't see what the scripture, we listen to what this guy said and that guy said and that, and it's dangerous. Go to scripture. What is the scripture saying? What is, the what is my authority? The word of God. Amen. Praise God.